Meet Your Maker makes professional-grade grinders, vacuum sealers, sausage stuffers, dehydrators, and just about everything else to turn your garage, deer camp, or kitchen into a meat processing haven. Meat only sells their processing tools direct to consumer, cutting out the retailer markup guaranteeing you the best price. Meat also has the only lifetime warranty in the industry, and Meat ships your tools direct to you for free. Visit MeetYourMaker.com and use code WAYPOINT for an exclusive discount. And get ready to Deer IY this fall. Hi, hunters. Thank you for tuning into the Flushem and Dustin podcast brought to you by Nick and Tyler, the boys from Ringnecks and Retrievers. In this podcast, we will talk about guns, dogs, gear, and our successes and failures in the field through our combined 40 years of experience. We speak with hunters just like you from across the nation about their days in the field and the many memories they built with their friends and family. We are excited to have you listen. Now let's get to Flushing and Dustin. Welcome back to another Flushing and Dustin happy hour. Uh, it's been a while. Tyler and I took a little break during hunting season. So we have some great guests here today. Probably some of the best bird hunters in Iowa, but I do say so myself. And we're... <laughs> Whoa. We're gonna whoa 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 I know right we're gonna we're gonna get after it we're gonna talk about season today how uh, how the 2021 20 end of 2022 season went here and uh, we're gonna start it off and we're gonna start with Tim Brown give us the lowdown your season what's going how'd on how you think everybody? it was give us a little background on you for those that have don't know who you are uh, I live up in Northwest Iowa um, I uh, I've been bird hunting she's I'm 42 I've been been good 35 years of my life i've been walking around with my folks and my brothers and such and um i moved up to northwest corner of the state just to uh be able to hunt birds and uh it's really the sole reason i moved up here yeah there ain't shit to do up there is there besides that fuck no there ain't nothing to do up here but hunt man um so yeah it was it was a good season i mean it was it was comparable to last year i think and uh, last year we had a really good year. Um, a lot of the guys that I hunt with didn't didn't hunt with as much. Uh, they were too busy going to the Iowa games and stuff like that. So I was solo quite a, quite often, and uh, it was it was a really good year. Like I ended ended it with sixty eight birds, and nice. uh, I don't know as a group I think we got right around two hundred or so. Whew. But it's uh, it's down that was down from last year. But after like I was telling you guys earlier. I saw 15 birds today on the side of the road and you can drive around and still see a ton of birds. So we're not hurting by any means. And you guys, it's crazy. You're like the only spot in Iowa we're just talking that doesn't have snow. Yeah. We don't have any snow. That's absolutely crazy. And what was it today? What was it today? Like 58 degrees in Des Moines or 60 degrees. Where were you guys at? We were at 58 today. I think we only got up to like 40 here. Yeah. We were were a little cooler. 43. It's nuts, man. Absolutely nuts. (laughs) That is crazy. But what do you do? Yeah. So, yeah. So this year, I got to ask you, this year you switched uh, Upland Vest. Yes. Uh, towards the end of the season. What were you, can you give us a rundown, what you were running before and then a rundown of that vest that you switched well, to? Just so I good. don't know if you count right. hanging them off your beard, a vest. but I Well, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. But no, uh, I switched from uh, LL Bean Vest to a Chief Upland Vest and... The, the LL Bean, there was nothing wrong with it by any means. Um, the only thing that I didn't like about it was the shell pockets on the side. It, they were kind of hard to get in and out of. They're, I mean, it was just a little more difficult. The Chief Upland blew my expectations out of the water. Once I figured how to uh, loosen up the the game pouch, 
on my on my fat on my fat belly i mean it was different but um i got that figured out and it it was flawless and the best part was later on in the season when it did get kind of cold you could put your hot hands because it's a front loading vest so you could put your hot hands right in that pocket and keep your hands in there like a pocket and it was yeah it was oh, perfect. that's nice yeah and you can customize the dang thing however you want whatever so it's a kind strap of vest a strap it's vest a strap, or not? yeah it's, it's it a is. strap vest yep okay. yep and uh so but it's got the i don't know what they call the military type molly um, the mall yeah they've it's got the molly attachments and you they've got a waterproof shell pouch and they've got a quick shell pouch that's magnets and yeah. the magnet one was i mean it was stellar you don't have yeah, any shells their pouches i have those on my vest that i use and their pouches are f- just phenomenal i love yep. them and they got Very- the <clears throat> waterproof uh electronic one too for your phone which yep. i like because i care i do carry my phone on me in the field for you know you never know if you have an emergency or something and keeping that dry and i mean it's been through rain and whatnot and it's 100 percent dry inside there so yeah yeah they're they're uh, very nice very nice pouches yeah it's a very nice vest i'm i'm really impressed with it and awesome. uh he's he's gonna actually come on our um podcast here uh, in the cool. coming weeks and and chat with us on that about about that vest and about what he's got going on he's a really nice guy yeah yeah that'd be a good one to check out for anybody yeah. looking how about vel is there any velcro on it because i hate how the velcro collects all oh. the seeds and all that type oh stuff. there there is so like on the on those shell pouches there's two he's got like uh velcro patches to where you can put you know it's got like three shells on it um i took them off because I was going through some nasty stuff and they were starting to pull off. So I was just yeah. like, eh, I don't need them damn things on there anyway. Uh, that's yeah. just an excuse to lose three shells in my opinion, but he did it for, um, so you could put like a Velcro patch on there. If you wanted some kind of Velcro patch for military guys, stuff like that, you know, just stuff like that. <laughs> but sure, that makes so sense. I just took them off, but yeah, other than that, I mean, it, it's, it fits amazing. I mean, it actually, forms around your waist more than that ll bean one did too i don't know i i really like it i mean it's it's pretty impressive vest nice it's awesome this in and of itself would be a good topic weren't you guys at one point you guys were talking about equipment doing an equipment review podcast weren't you nick and tyler that'd be fun yep yeah i think we'll we'll definitely do one of those on a power hour yeah Uh, just getting back just getting back into (laughs) it Life gets a little busy with those kids, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, John, this is your first time being on the Flushman and Dustin Power Hour. Whoa! So welcome. Yeah, We're thank happy you. to have you here. So, give everybody a rundown. Give us some background. Want to learn about you? Yeah. Um, I actually jumped in at the end of one of the earliest ones you guys did. I didn't really get a chance to, to talk very much um that was a while ago um nick was probably talking what's up nick was probably talking the whole time i don't know you guys were on some (laughs) topic it was a while ago um since then i've actually moved back to my hometown which is i believe the same hometown as nick so yeah old gutenberg yeah god's Um, country yeah beautiful country a little don't know where it is go in the bible Yeah, and I, I hear you guys talking about rooster numbers. I was just looking at Nate's uh, statistic post for the for the year and listening to Tim talk and 56 dead birds, Tim. And I'm like, 
I felt good about like, like 20 this year, I think was mm-hmm. about what I got up to. Um, not as many birds in the Northeast corner and just, uh, I don't know if I got a field nearly as much, but, uh, and I've never been introduced as uh, one of the best bird hunters in the state before. That's definitely not quite well, true. I mean, I just I like to introduce myself as that, whether I'm not, am or not, you know. <laughs> sure. Sure. Um, but yeah, um, kind of got into this, um, got a puppy during COVID, didn't exactly know um, what I was up to, um, and just kind of got addicted from there. She ended up having a pretty good nose, and she's bird crazy, and just kind of took it from there. And What kind of dog? Well... I have the most controversial dog in the game. Um, I, I call her a mutt, um, but she's supposed to be like a silver lab. She's not a silver lab. She's a, she's a mutt. Um, I'd say she's probably about half Weimaraner. She'll point birds for me, but uh, she's a good dog. We'll see if she has the health issues that everybody talks about. Um, Would never get one again, but uh, she's been great so far. So Okay. Nice. she does what you want to do that's all you can ask yeah absolutely so is this the first this obviously the first year out in the field with her second season actually so second season started hunting her and she was uh like seven eight months kind of got into it then and um we had her first bird before she was a year old got her first rooster last year so omicron sorry <clears throat> Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, was, thanks uh, for having me guys. I'm excited to, I'm really just here to listen and kind of hear how you guys did. I'm excited to kind of hear all the stories from what I'd consider some of the best bird hunters in the state. So yeah, we appreciate that. Well, I don't know if you, I don't know if you know. Oh God, are we going to talk about missing? Oh no. All right. Oh, <laughs> that's not, Tyler, come that's on. Not, that's not even what I was going to bring up. I was I keeping was, it, I was keeping it on the right path here since i don't know if you know tim or you follow him at all but it sounds like you follow nate and man nate's uh probably one of the most extensive bird hunters i've ever ran into and known just by talking cover and you know the mileage that he puts on so you can learn quite a bit from these two gentlemen here if you talk to them yeah the the bearded uplander yeah Nope. Yeah, follow, follow Nate too because it's he's got a lot of good information there ain't no doubt about it yeah and John if you hang around until the uh close of this call they'll they'll send out patches that claim you as one of the best bird hunters in the state. <laughs> <laughs> just wait six seven days after close you'll be in the mail I'll, I'll have to forward that on to somebody else because uh, but you have to have a velcro patch to put it on your vest. that's right yeah sorry <laughs> uh yes nate i was just uh i saw you posted your uh miles for the for the year oh i didn't Um, see that i haven't i haven't looked at the numbers but how do they compare to your previous years and how's this year looking uh mileage it's got to be down i did 10 fewer trips this year uh i actually i didn't get omicron but i got delta and sidelined me for i i hunted i hunted uh I didn't know I had COVID and I hunted that day. I had three kids with me. Uh, and then I benefited from the CDC reducing the quarantine time from, from 10 to five days. So I, I think I just missed two hunts out of that deal. But for whatever reason, I don't know if we're, we were short a week or short some days in the season, just based on where that opening Saturday fell, but I had fewer trips this year. So total bird numbers bagged it was definitely fewer based on trips, but also 
lots of kids, <laughs> lots yeah. of kids in the truck. Yeah. Lot, one, one kid, it took him 30, 30 shots before he got that bird. So 29 oh, minutes before. Jesus. So, um, God, were you, yeah. did you have Tyler in the field? Yeah. I was going to yeah. say, was his, name, <laughs> was his name Tyler? Yeah. <laughs> I did have, uh, but no, it, look, it was a good season. I think we, we can talk bird numbers for sure. When I made my way Northwest, not nearly up Northwest by you, Tim, but just like Fort Dodge-ish area, generally in that area. I found bird numbers comparable, if not better than last year. To my surprise, when I went west, uh, and I'm in Des, Mo Des Moines area, uh, for those that don't know, don't know, when I went west, and especially when I went west and south, numbers were down for sure. For sure they were down. And I was shocked because I left fields, I left fields with in 20, 30 acre fields with 20 to 30 hens late Jeez. last season. So I, something happened to thin them out. Um, and we did have some big storms, you know, post-close the season. So I year. talk with one of my buddies who's, uh, he's a big bird hunter as well. Um, and he thinks that it's an aftermath of um, derecho because Could he be. has a lot yeah. of spots where he, oh, he, he shoots a ton of birds. Um, you know, I think the opening day, they had 10 man limit. So he's, and they're all wild. And uh, he said that that wasn't happening in a few other spots that were, were uh, derecho ran through. Yeah. Could, they were surprised. Could, could be. Something was up for sure. Um, some of the hain, yeah. if, if some of the owners could have hayed early, you know, uh, disrupting nesting, you know, maybe we didn't get a good production for first year birds. But mo a lot of the birds, majority of birds I did shoot were first year birds this year, which is a good sign, right? It means we had some population out there. Yeah. Same here. Um, same here, That's a lot good. of young birds. Yep, yep. Uh, and there was definitely re-nesting re because same fields with very evident uh, multiple nestings. So that, that was a good sign. But um, I had some fields northwest just phenomenal. I mean, hundreds of birds in a field. And then I had others that just um, maybe not blanks, but were way underpopulated. So it was kind of hit or miss based on, based on where I went, for sure. Do you think? Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Those are uh, the fields that last year that you had <clears throat> success in, but maybe not this year. Was the crop surrounding them any different? Was there any thing of that nature that was different, or basically well, the same? I mean, most of them rotated, uh, obviously, from bean to corn, whatever whatever they had in for sure. But I didn't I didn't see any correlation there. Yeah. No. Um, I tend to find for sure more birds on a corn edge than yeah. on a bean edge for, for sure. sure. Yeah. Um, but it was pretty geographical for me. I mean, if I wanted, if I had a bunch of kids in the truck, uh, and I wanted to give them chances to shoot at 30 roosters, right. To get that rooster. Uh, I went, I went Northwest for sure. Um, nice. and I'm sure Tim, you know, even the numbers you've experienced were even better yeah. yet. Uh, over, sure. over by, over by, um, like you said, Fort Dodge, Mason City area, and uh, Storm Lake, the numbers were just unreal. Yeah. I've had friends say uh, North Central, so yeah, that area as well, you know, a little bit further east than normally where I hunt was also really, really good. Um, yeah. A lot of so, huns up there, too. Yeah. Up I did run into my first, actually in Perry, Iowa, I ran into my first a set of huns down in this area for a lot of years, a decade plus. Didn't get a trigger pull on them, but it was just good to see them. Yep. 
Uh, I, ended, I ended up shooting a woodcock this year, actually, with Matt and Tyler. I saw that. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's good. Quail definitely down. I every covey I saw was under eight, so I don't pull the trigger. I didn't even um, see a covey unless this I year. see a ninth. I think I saw three coveys. Maybe was it? Uh, and when I went south, I only found one. So just numbers were definitely down out there. But but a good trip. I took fifty six folks out and got fifty four of them. Uh, a bird many of them their first bird so and sometimes it took you know <laughs> usually it took a lot of shots 30 is on the high side right you're just but, driving um, a bus around now Nate with all these people or what <laughs> yeah I can fit three kids in the back and usually I always have typically have a friend you know as a safety guy who might be a dad or you know somebody yep. else but um but most trips I had at least a kid I only did one solo trip and that's because I went out on COVID <laughs> um this this entire season all other trips i had a kid i'd say 22 or 26 trips i probably had at least oh. one kid in the truck so trying to get him a bird so, very nice very awesome fun. looks like your own kids are doing really well this year too yeah my to two up. yep for those that don't know i have three kids boy girl boy 17 14 and 11 and my two younger my 17 year old right he's we're starting to you know bash heads a little bit right uh as for those of you that don't know it's coming right if you got kids um but oh, so mine's he, happening he, right now they yeah, right. cannot get so, my daughter to sleep <laughs> yeah 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 there's phases for sure but um so he did not make it out with me but my 14 year old daughter did and she shot a bird and she's an independent hunter now i can go out and she can take one of my dogs. Um, I can take the other and, you know, we can divide and kind of push birds to each other. She's, she's effective, very effective. And then my 11 year old for the first time this season, he carried a gun for the entirety of this season. Close of last year, we tried it. It was a little early. He's on the smaller side. Uh, and he, he shot a bird opening youth doubled. Uh, and then he cleaned up a single. And then I think he doubled on another shot three for the season on three. Nice. 11 year old shot three birds and I think he did four trips. That's pretty good. Nice. Yes. Right. Right yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Well, and then a bunch, bunch of other kids that had a good time. So, yeah, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. Getting that many kids and getting them their first birds and giving them those experiences. And the good thing you're seeing birds with them after taking that many, right. Cause that could yep. be pretty degrading, you know, missing that many, but then you finally get that one. That's right. Uh, yes, they're hooked. So, yeah. That's right. So it's. I've got a. I've got a photo. You mentioned uh, following me on Instagram, but there's a photo out there, and the kid is holding holding the bird, and he's screaming, and I and I captured <laughs> that on video, and I made a still of it. It's one of my favorite photos. All yeah. thousands of photos this season, but the guy, the kid, finally <laughs> got his first bird. He was so excited. It was yeah, awesome. That's freaking cool. So, well, Matt has joined us from we he just missed yes. it we were talking about god's country and we got another yeah. guy from god's country up there again uh map yeah, you want to know where it's at it's in the bible look it up <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So, so matt give us a rundown of how your season went oh uh, season was good um uh, i like i like didn't get as many days out as i normally do um I just, I don't know. I, just, I mean, and why, why would that be? You've got a full-time job and you're high school football head coach. I mean, right. Does that have anything uh, to do with it? Maybe. And two kids. Maybe, maybe. But uh, I think, you know, I think mainly was a lot of up here in Northeast Iowa, 
in God's country, uh, everybody wants me to stay out of there until the rut is over. And so I got to stay, I got to respect the landowner. And um, it just seemed like that happened a little bit more than maybe last year. And also the corn around here, the corn stayed in longer, which is kind of abnormal with the weather that we had. Um, the farmer should have been able to get it out a little bit sooner, but I'm also not a farmer. So uh, they, but overall we, you know, last year, I think we harvested, uh harvested 59 birds over the dog and this year i'm at 56 56 so it's not bad no so about the same so i don't say numbers wise we're about the same um and last year we got a lot of new ground that we hunted so this year was kind of back at it and thought we knew how to hunt it and taking guesses at stuff and maybe where birds were that weren't and um then also got more ground again so um a lot of exploring, but it was, it was good. It was a good year, fun year. Dog did really good. Um, got some goals for myself for next year. Uh, one being, uh, so my dog is a phenomenal dog at finding birds. Tell me when they're, where their birds are, whether he's pointing or flushing birds and he'll go, tr he'll find wounded birds all day long, but he will not retrieve. So, um, you know, whether force fetches in the future or, or uh, other options for that. So I'm going to, dog needs to retrieve and two um i've never had any luck just me and him um i always go out with a with a buddy so it's usually two of us in the field i mean i've been out by myself with the dog but i've never shot one over the dog so retrieve and then shoot one just me and the dog out by ourselves wherever it is so those are two goals for next year nice those are pretty yeah. solid goals and you joined us out in south dakota for our trip yes yep. which was a good yeah. time uh, yeah we were happy to have you with us. Yeah. A lot of, you know, I, I jumped in when we were talking about bird numbers and, you know, I, I have a, I have one of my best friends lives out in uh, Forest city, Iowa. I passed just didn't work out. We usually go late season out to his place um, to hunt. He hooks us up with uh, phenomenal land and uh, it didn't work out this year. Um, so that, that was kind of a bummer. And then obviously, so as I jumped in here and everybody's talking North central Iowa is, was a hot spot or good, good bird numbers. So I missed out on that, but I will say, you know, Nick and Tyler, I'm sure you guys talked about it, but um, my in-laws live in around Denver, Iowa. And uh, I went out Saturday morning, this past Saturday morning by myself. And I seen close to 60 birds in one public field. So I'd have to say that that a little bit farther West than where I live, that Waverly area great numbers. Yeah, I mean, we... Oh, God uh, dang, next year there's just going to be a bunch of trucks and with toppers driving around there. We, uh, for stuff. we ended up uh, up in that area because Matt, obviously I live in Des Moines, Tyler lives in Cedar Rapids area, and Matt up in God's country, we all end up meeting around Waverly. That's about midway point just to hunt together. And we were driving past uh, a farmer's land, and I said, oh, shit, I'm just going to go in and see what he says and walk up to him. He's like, ah. I don't let anybody hunt. I was like, eh, all right. And I just started kind of bullshitting with him a little bit. And he's like, ah, you didn't get mad that I told you no. You seem pretty nice. I'm like, I'm in sales, man. I get told no every day. <laughs> Andy's, Andy's uh, married. So. Yeah. So, I mean, I get told no a lot. <laughs> and uh, he's like, all right, you can go hunt that field. So uh, I was like, all right. So we went and um, hunted it. Saw, I was like 20 hens, probably no, maybe one rooster. I can't, we didn't know what that one bird was. 
Yeah. Um, well, we a, sat there for what yeah. three hours and waited for him. To well, I'm, well, I'm not done. After that, after yeah. That. Oh. So then after that, um, I went back because he said, "Let me know what you get out of there." Went back after we ran this waterway, and I said, "Well, I said we didn't get anything." I said, "You got good hen numbers there." I said, "So should produce some roosters here, I would think, in the near future." And he goes, "Well, you haven't even asked me about my other spot." I said, "Well, I didn't know you had another spot." And so he's like, well, if you give us like uh, two hours or so, I'm going to be combining it. And then I got a, a private 40 back behind everything. So we go and sit in the field and we're waiting. Oh, my God. hundred birds probably get out of there. Not even exaggeration. Fucking going everywhere. Um, and then we went and waited for him to get completely done. And then we went and hunted the field and we limited out. And uh, uh, me, Matt, and Tyler all had our limit in like 40 minutes, something like that. And we went back, got him beer, took it back to his house, drank with him for like an hour and a half. And he said that he respected the fact that we wanted to hunt the birds and work our dogs and take a chance of not getting the birds versus a lot of the people that he used to let hunt and he doesn't so much anymore. So we're almost the only ones that he lets hunt now. They would just ride in the combine or they'd sit at the end of the rows and just shoot them as they came out. Mm. And he said, I always thought that was just such bullshit. So to to do it the right way made us feel good, and now we have rights for um, hopefully many years. Have you ever wanted to process your own wild game from start to finish? Meet Your Maker has you covered. Meat makes professional-grade grinders, vacuum sealers, sausage stuffers, dehydrators, and just about everything else to turn your garage, deer camp, or kitchen into a meat processing haven. Meat only sells their processing tools direct to consumer, cutting out the retailer markup, guaranteeing you the best price. Meat also has the only lifetime warranty in the industry. And Meat ships your tools direct to you for free. Visit MeetYourMaker.com and use code WAYPOINT for an exclusive discount. And get ready to deer IY this fall. And then he has another spot that we never even touched because every time we went to this spot, uh, we went. Tyler and I went back, Matt couldn't join us, and uh, we were done in, that was, everybody saw my post and was thinking we went to a bird farm, but it was literally this guy's land and we were done in 50 minutes. Yeah, that was and cool. I was I was planning to be away from home the whole day too. Damn it! <laughs> there had to be a bar open at that time. Yeah, we, we went actually got, did we go got, get breakfast. We got Bloody Marys after that. Yeah, had breakfast, and I don't even remember what the name of the little town bar was. Can't tell you because yeah, it's too no, close it's to the field. Close. <laughs> <laughs> you but, did uh, send it to me in a Snapchat, but I won't say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn it, Nick. You <laughs> did. That is true, Nick. I, I didn't see that. Well, most Matt. of the guys on my Snapchat are don't don't bird hunt. I guess Tim, I forgot about you. <laughs> that's, a long, that's a long way. That's a long way for me to drive to go get three pheasants. Yeah, you know, and then and then I'll just continue. You know, I hunt with uh, uh, my sister's boyfriend, and he he has a lot of range and and private ground we get. But uh, we were at uh, this one field twice this year, and my God. Uh, the last, so we hunted this past weekend at, or not this past, yeah, the last weekend at it, and uh, I'm not even joking. If we saw 150 birds, it's, that's not even a lie. Um, yeah. Yeah, Matt and Tyler have hunted it before. It was just, and, it, and so it's only been hunted like four times, but, man, the birds were so spooky. They're so smart. We only took one off there, but we only hunted it for about 45 minutes because then we were meeting up with Tyler. Um, but, man, it was, it's incredible. Uh, they just, he has so many birds there, and it's about an 80-acre plot. Uh, it's just amazing. And then Sunday, the last day that I got to hunt, um, 
I went with my other buddy who I said that he gets – I posted a picture of him, Jason Mooney. And he uh, – we got some private ground that hasn't been hunted all year because the guy's such a big deer hunter. And um, we were the only ones to bird hunt it. And I think it was 35 minutes <laughs> we were done because they were sitting that tight and they didn't know what was going on. And uh, we actually thought we only had five birds. And the landowner came out and he goes, let me see him quick. He goes, I heard all the shooting. So we took him out and we ended up having six. And we don't even know how we got the six when it happened. Everything was happening so fast. Good thing you didn't shoot another one. Good thing yeah. Well, he He's said if we, he said if we uh, would have, he said, that's fine. Because I'm here. I would have just said, oh, yeah, it was for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was crazy. That, numbers awesome. for me, it was one of the best years I've ever had hunting. And then I did... Um, what, like Matt said, I actually, I never normally get out usually too much by myself with just me and diesel. And I did that a couple of times this year and, uh, God, I had, we had some good luck. It seemed like him just getting to be an older dog. I feel like, um, when there's other dogs around, he's competitive and maybe overlook some things, but when him and I were hunting, just him and I slowed way down. Um, and actually the one day I would limit it out, but I fell in a hole and sprained my ankle. So about 300 yards from the truck, so I had to almost crawl back to my truck after that. I swear you sprain your ankle every year. Oh, God, it <laughs> fucking hurt, too. I was yelling. I was like, oh, man. And I looked up. I'm like, oh, God, I got to go all the way back up there. It's a bad I deal. Want, I don't want to jinx us, but this weather, man, this weather that we had today is crazy. Tim, do you even have snow? No, no snow up here. It was 56 or 58 degrees today. I, one of my best friends. Stupid. Was- lives in Sioux Falls and I texted him I said do you even have snow on the ground that was Sunday morning Sunday morning or Saturday or Monday morning and he said no snow I'm like holy balls that's that's not normal that's crazy yeah it's not it's not and well after tomorrow here in northeast Iowa up by Guttenberg we we might I mean there's gonna be a lot of snow gone if it stay if it gets back up to the four, close to 40 and yeah I looked at I looked at the uh the weather channel when we were just getting on here and it we're only supposed to get two to three inches, it said. On Friday or tomorrow? Yeah. To, uh, Friday, I do believe. Tomorrow night and Friday. Nice. We'll take – actually, we, we need we need so much moisture, it's not even funny up here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I know. I agree. I agree. Like, we were hunting on – we hunted Monday morning, and the scenting conditions were so bad that the, the dogs were birdie, but they weren't sure about it. And they were – I mean, the birds were coming up all around us, the dogs – it was just sending conditions were just terrible. No dew, no nothing, no frost at all. Right. Crazy. <clears throat> well, Chris, this is your first time on the power hour. So we got a couple new guys on tonight, which is pretty awesome. Welcome uh, Chris. Welcome. Welcome. Definitely appreciate yeah. you coming on and hanging out. And your Instagram is uncle Duffer's doggy boot camp is that correct it's correct all right you're gonna have to give us a rundown of that that's my nickname duffer 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 has nothing to do with golf which is nothing but a good walk (laughs) ruined right um it's just my nickname and i end up training my family's dogs and other people's dogs so when when they send them to me to be to be here for vacation while they go on vacation Somehow, someone called it Uncle Duffer's Doggy Boot Camp, and where do you, that, that was years ago. And it's where do you, where do you live at? I live in Pennsylvania. Hunters, we would like to take this time. 
to give a shout out to the following sponsors of the Flushman Dustin podcast. Gundog Outdoors has been a huge support for us and their first aid kit as well as their water bottle that we carry in the field is awesome to have. The first aid kit can be used not only for your dogs, but it can also be used on yourself if you do receive a cut. has everything in it that we've needed so far. Uh, I've had injury of Murph getting a stick caught in the top of his eye and was able to use the tweezers to pull that out. Had bandages for their paws when they've got cut up. Uh, then when we've got cuts too, we've been able to bandage ourselves up. So great product. Definitely recommend it. And the water bottle is just awesome to have at the beginning of the season and even during the end of the season because your dog needs uh, hydrated. And sometimes during late in the year, those creeks and streams are all frozen up. Uh, so it's always good to carry extra water with you just to give your dog a quick sip and then back to hunting. One thing that we also uh, are pushing for this year is for people to start wearing hearing protection. Uh, it's not uh, a thing you see a lot of individuals wearing, and we started hearing, wearing hearing protection this past season uh, using Tetra Hearing custom molds, and it is awesome how much better you can actually hear the hunt. It uh, you has a volume control on it, so you can turn the volume up and down. Three different settings uh, that you can choose from, <clears throat> and it's also comes as an option to have it be rechargeable and a hard case for storing. I chose the rechargeable so I didn't have to carry extra batteries around, and I wanted the hard case, which is where it charges as well, and it makes it better for storing. You can save some money at Tetra Hearing using code FLUSHEM2021. That's F-L-U-S-H-E-M-2021, FLUSHEM2021, to save you some cash. We travel with our dogs in Dakota 283 kennels. They fit our dogs very well and are made of high-quality material. Easy to get in and out of the truck with where the handles are located, as well as strapping them down in the trucks for safer traveling. The doors come with locks on them, so you can lock up the kennel if you're going to be away from your truck for a while. And they just, for our dogs, they fit them very well, very happy with the product. Uh, great customer service, easy to work with. Check them out, dakota283.com. You can save yourself some cash as well using code RNR10, RNR10. And this year, finally, we pulled the trigger on getting a truck bed system from Total Access. That's Total A-X-X-E-S-S, truck bed systems. They are made from the same material that Truck Vault is made from. And they also have more storage than what the decked truck system offers. The total access system has side flaps, so you have full access to storage in front of your wheel wells, as well as behind your wheel wells. And you also have 2,000 pound payload capacity to be able to sit on top of the truck bed system. And each drawer comes with a 200 pound capacity with the option to upgrade to even heavier capacities. 
the system has been great for organization and it's also comes in a low profile which is only 10 inches high and a higher profile if you're running shorter kennels or smaller kennels that comes in a 13 inch high system both of them are great both provide ample storage full access drawers that slide all the way out you can also take the drawers out if you need to to clean them uh, to do anything else with them so great product to have and for any bird hunter or hunter in general a truck bed system is we think it's a must it is so nice to have you can save yourself some money with the truck bed systems total access truck bed systems using code ringnecks so truckbedsystems.com is where you can find these total access truck bed systems again thank you for listening to the flush and dustin podcast and let's get back to it oh i was nice. gonna say now that you're in here we're basically family so I just drop my dog off too <laughs> are you guys from iowa yeah uh, yeah. yeah tonight yeah. we are yep okay yeah i live in the eastern part of pennsylvania if you're familiar with the state um it would be similar to your muscatine let's say if oh, yeah. okay. so i'm over near the border uh, I can smell New Jersey from here. Okay. Um, so, and our state is similar in width to yours, little narrower top to bottom. So nice. You are you originally from Iowa? Obviously, you name, name dropped Muscatine. So, are you originally from this area? No, no. I've been in Pennsylvania all my life. Uh, I tell people they're going to put me in the ground here. So, um, <laughs> and I'm okay with that. We got a, a great outdoor heritage here, lots of hunting, fishing, hiking. Uh, the Appalachian Trail is about 20 minutes from my house here. Oh, nice. Uh, I've done, I think, five states of that. So there's a lot of opportunities to get out and do anything you want here in the state. So, yeah. Is Pennsylvania one of the states you can't hunt Sundays? Yes, but that they've started to open up. And it's just a matter of time. Um, there are some Sundays that they started in the last, I want to say, three years They've uh, like the first weekend of rifle. Okay. Huge, huge deer state, deer heritage here for hundreds of years. Um, always opened on the Monday after Thanksgiving. In fact, all the public schools in Pennsylvania were always closed on Monday. <laughs> Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Kids wouldn't come to school. And uh, they started in the last, I want to say, like the three years, started doing some Sunday hunting, started with a, a deer season. Uh, they've opened bear on on a Sunday and a couple of Sundays for pheasant, too. So the bad thing about our state compared to your beautiful state is we don't have any wild pheasants anymore. None. Dang. I mean, it's been 20, 25 years since I've seen a wild pheasant. You know. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So fight with everything you have to keep that habitat um the way it is. So that amen, amen yeah. to that. So do you guys have do you guys have public lands out in Pennsylvania? Oh, we got we got tons of public acreage, uh, more than you guys, even though we're a smaller state. There's probably three million acres within the state that is open to hunt. And that is a combination of Pennsylvania game lands. Uh, state parks, state forests, um, walk-in hunting like you guys have, the IHAPs. Tons of opportunities, but it's completely 
different terrain than than what Iowa is. Um, my uncle has property up in the northern tier, uh, would be similar to your Hancock, and um, his property borders a nineteen thousand acre single plot of land that's public, but it's all timber. I mean, there's a couple of open fields, but yeah. nothing, you know. So that's that's a significant difference. Well, and we're a little hillier than you guys, but um, we uh, we don't have the pheasant habitat. Uh, the clean farming has done it. The the predators. I mean, you got hawks, eagles, eagles all over the place. Um, fox, coyote. I mean, they just decimate the pheasant. And the pheasants are the ones they do put out. We do have pheasant season, but they're they're pen raised birds, and they release yep. them on public lands. And they don't do it, you know, under the cloak of darkest darkness or secrecy. <laughs> so guys are out there the same day blasting away. So. Yeah. You know, speaking of Ben Ray's birds, I just find it, it always fascinates me that during season, I'll see these guys in Iowa when numbers have been good and they're hunting at a fucking pheasant farm. Yeah. <laughs> blows, blows my mind. Yeah. Uh, I was in Fleet Farm. Uh, I don't know. I, was, I think I was getting shells for my AR uh, before we went to South Dakota, and the guy was like, "Oh yeah, I'm buying all these boxes because we're gonna shoot all these birds." And like, I'm like, that just—I mean, I've done them before, but I do them after season or before season to get my dog kind of tuned up, just to put them on birds. I actually don't even enjoy in doing it, but I just can't believe that people would actually do that during. I do that with season. I do that with chuckers either before the season starts, like you said, yep. or after the season starts. There's no challenge to it. Let's face it. Um, I mean, I'm using a 20 gauge with eight shot. <laughs> yeah, because they're getting up so close. Yeah, and they're they're, not, they're, they're basically not... chickens. Yeah, it tastes great though. Yeah, that they would. <laughs> they do taste great. Yeah, yeah. So, and the pheasant that they put out aren't much different. You know, every bird I clean, I always look in the in the crop to see what they've been eating. And yep. three quarters of them don't have anything in them. Empty. Yeah, that's crazy. So, Do you can you shoot hens then too? Yeah, or, yeah, you can yeah. Shoot either either or. Now back when we had, uh, it was roosters only two a day. How long ago was that? Do you remember? Is that an age joke? <laughs> well you said it was like 25 years ago so, so, had it, so, roosters, yeah. so i was like so yeah you're about 25 i would say 20 25 years ago was roosters only two a day and then they started establishing a boundary which was about route 80 same route 80 that goes through iowa but when it goes through pennsylvania it's a lot higher than than it is in your state uh, above route 80 i think you could shoot either or and then they got to the point where there weren't any any wild birds anymore so the ones they were putting out they just you could shoot either or you know it's wild that's crazy Jeez. oh that's changed oh yeah i mean it's you know, in the same respect we've got turkeys coming out of our ears you know um they've essentially replaced the pheasants 20 25 years ago it was unique to see a turkey now you see turkey all over the place so yeah. what an evolution yeah <laughs> what about rough what about rough grouse you got Great some of them question. Great question. We used to have tons of rough grouse. Uh, that piece of property my uncle has up in Bradford County, it wouldn't be uncommon to flush 20 or 25 birds in one day. Ooh. Okay. So it was great because I was a, a rabid duck hunter at the time. And then when duck season would close in December, when we had the short season, first weekend of the new year, 
we would head up there and my lab Chesapeake would be out chasing, chasing grouse with me and it would take two or three flushes till he figured out what we were doing again. It's like, oh, different game, no more ducks. Okay, I know what to do. And, but it didn't matter because you were gonna flush 20 or 25. Right. So, um, I think what knocked them out was according to what the, the game commission is saying is West Nile virus. So oh. it's it's unusual for me to flush five a season when I'm up at my uncle's place, maybe bow hunting or walking through the woods or whatever. So, I mean, it's it's quite different than what it used to be. Yeah. Are you by chance like a geography teacher or something? <laughs> Just like it, it, it's funny that, you know, like it's how you said Hancock, you know, Hancock yeah. County, Iowa, yeah. or like Muscatine. Must spend a lot of time. Must spend a lot of time in Iowa. That's for sure. <laughs> well, well, I've only been there twice. Last year, um, well, let's say 2020 was my first year, and 2021 I was out there again this past year. Were you were you the feller that commented on the, some of the public ground that Tyler and I went to? Maybe and called oh, it out. Oh, I knew I recognized the name. So yeah. you were dang. You weren't too far from where you've been here two times, you and you called that spot. It's a it's a wow, I mean, <laughs> you got to be a geography teacher. <laughs> <laughs> You're definitely a geography teacher. Actually, Sean. no, I'm not a geography teacher. I do, I do like geography. I could probably name all 50 states. I couldn't name the capital, but I could name the states. I'm actually a recovering engineer turned sales guy. Nice. What are you Very selling? Cool. Maybe I'm uh, buying. Uh, pneumatic components, <laughs> processes, and, and um, controls that go into automation. Yeah, let me check. Nope, don't need any of that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. So, yeah, no, hey, I love coming to your state, man. I'll be back again this fall for sure. Um, yeah. Iowa Bird Chaser and I got together for a couple of days out there. We had a good time. So, Very cool. Yep. He's, he's, he's out in South Dakota right now. Yeah, I saw. Yeah. I, I typed him bastard <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta travel a long ways for good bird hunting then um yeah you know I've, I've been looking at some other states in between i know like i drive through ohio illinois indiana and then i get to your place and i know some of those other states i think they still have some wild populations um but don't yeah, know. i don't know how good illinois is from what I, I've seen I think, from people. I think post, Southern but... Illinois isn't isn't horrible. But yeah. yeah. I don't want to be that guy, but I hate going to that state in general. So I just stay out of it. <laughs> yeah. I have to go there for work every other week. So I, I hate it as much as that. And I only have to go right across the river. <laughs> the thing I worried about when I drove through it was of course firearm transportation. Yep. You know. Um yeah, I'm strict on that. Probably, I don't know if you have concealed carry permit. I do. Ironically enough, you're allowed to drive through Illinois while carrying as long as you don't get out of the vehicle. Yep. It's, which I thought was very unique. You know, a lot of states you're not allowed, like New, the People's Republic of New Jersey here, you are not allowed to, to take anything in there, even even hollow point bullets still. They'll lock hmm. you up for well, unless you're a criminal, and then it's good. Then you're right. Right. Have at it, guys. Yeah, sure. Make it a slap on the wrist. Yeah. So nice. Well, yeah, great, great deer hunting here. Um, lots of good fishing. You know. Yeah. It is. It is a 14-hour trip from my end of the state to your eastern end of your state or thereabouts, 14 or so. 
Um, so the dog, that's a haul. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did it in one day. It wasn't too bad. So, the dog, the dog slept most of the way. Yeah, yeah, that's an that's an impressive road trip in one day. It's fourteen hours. Yeah, it's awesome. I think last the last trip I was out there this past season, I think I logged like twenty seven hundred and fifty miles total from the time I got into your state, and then you know we hunted all the way up to uh, Emmitsburg out that way. Um, somebody nice. mentioned Forest City. I was staying in Forest City last year. I think you know more states or know more towns in Iowa than I do. I lived here my whole <laughs> life. Jesus. <laughs> and you know what, uh, Nick. You, you approach, being in sales, you approach that guy the right way. I don't know about you guys, but I have I got made up little business cards with my name, my email address, and I think it says conservationist um, outdoorsman or something like that. And it's got a picture of my dog, Hans, while on point. And I wrote the guy a note because I did the same thing. You, He wasn't there. I wrote him a note and I stuck it in the door. Called me back. He says, uh, I don't really have any property, um, you know, how many guys you got? I said, it's just me and the dog. Oh, well, you can hunt my property then, <laughs> you know. So, and nice guy, I sent him a, a, a fluorescent orange midway hat at the end of the, the, after the season last year and stuff like that. So, I mean, who cares if they say no? Yeah, well, happens. That's the yeah. worst thing they can say. Yeah. But man, when they, when they do say yes, it goes a long ways giving some type yep. of gift just treating them right thank no, you I love, cards. Your, I love yeah. coming to your state guys it's uh but like i said you got to fight for that uh got to fight for that habitat because if they try to take it away it, it'll be the end of your native pheasants yeah it's a lot easier to keep it than get it back oh yeah yeah or, i don't know if that's the right wording but it's gonna be a lot harder to get it back if it gets taken away ironically enough pennsylvania has historically never had prairie grasslands like you guys have okay and even our pheasants were mostly tree lines okay and when i say tree line i don't mean like a barbed wire fence i mean like you know a bunch of cherry trees or oak trees that represented a boundary between two properties but they might have been 10 yards wide and pretty thick and that's yeah. where our, that's where our pheasants and our rabbits typically get flushed out of yeah, yeah, that'd be some interesting hunting. Yeah, it was compared to here. completely different than what you guys have. I like I like big open prairie like that. Just yeah. it's it's the first time I when I went out there last year. I never thought that I would feel the remoteness of being in a prairie like that. I mean, you guys have grown up with it, so you're sort of used to it. But you know, when I think of remote, I think of nineteen thousand acres of state game lands that you can easily get lost on. But Man, when you're all the way at the other end of this big grasslands and you look back, where's the truck? I, I can't see it because of the curvature of the earth, you know. <laughs> like, you you should go another another state farther and, and right. see South some Dakota. seriously yeah. big open. Oh, yeah. man. It's on the list, man. Trust me, it's on the list. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's it, it's fast becoming my favorite place to go. And I'm not even talking for pheasants, I'm talking even farther west. It's yeah. There's something about getting out in that wide open to where there's nothing even around you that, yeah, it's pretty impressive. Nope. If you're dying, you're dead. And that's for damn sure out there. That's the truth. <laughs> that is the truth. You fall in, a, fall in a hole and twist your ankle. I don't know, Nick. We might have to cut you up and get you out of there. <laughs> you guys can eat me. Be <laughs> Corner, yep, get you out. 
So, uh, so from the eastern boundary of Iowa to pheasant territory in South Dakota is how many hours? Six hours. Six to eight-ish. I live right on the Mississippi River in the eastern oh, yeah. part. Like if I it's only six hours? Yeah. I, oh, live on the, I live on the western border, and to get where I like to go is three hours. Oh, okay. All right. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah it's like – it takes me like six hours to get to Mitchell, South Dakota. From yeah. Okay. You might not be able to make it in one day. <laughs> you can try. <laughs> you might be sleeping the whole next one, though. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> Dog will be driving. Uh, yeah, I mean, as far as South Dakota, we we had a uh, another good year out there as well. Shot my first sharp tail, getting it mounted by the famous Corey Carthers uh, down here in Des Moines. Um, a little bit more expensive than I thought it was going to be, but how are you getting? How are you getting it mounted? <laughs> uh, so I'm going to have him um, drumming. Um, you are. Okay. Yep. And then we got a wagon wheel. I want to hang it here. So it's going to come down an angle like this with a wagon wheel. Weeds coming up, and I'll be drumming on the wagon wheel. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so that'll be one. And then I almost did a pheasant this year, too. I actually have one mounted uh, in the room over here, but it doesn't hang on the wall. And I want to get one to hang on the wall over here as well. So, But in terms of South Dakota, um, the places that we have locked down, we saw, we saw plenty of damn birds. Jesus, we saw a it's lot of birds up there, warm. too. It was warm up there. I mean, sixty degrees. We did we did that uh, golden hour hunt, and we waited, thinking that the birds are going to come into our field. And the amount of birds that were coming out of the standing, the, I should say standing corn, out of the pit corn field, that we could hear and see. And then they went to a different field, but the amount that were just out in a stand, in a pit corn field is just mind boggling to me. In the middle and end of november that they're out there in that pit cornfield like that it's just ridiculous no no cover anywhere other than the stocks it was ridiculous yeah, yeah. they got their eyes yep 62 degrees record yeah. record year 60 62 they don't need a whole lot of cover no yeah yeah that temperature no 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 two days in a row is 62 degrees you know yeah, we, i was we ended up meeting um another new farmer out there that we gained access from as well. And we walked through cattails and my oh, God, it, and it, it, I'm not even joking you. It was a mile long cattail slew. That's not even shitting you. That's how long a fucker was. And Whoa, did that wear a guy out walking through that? <laughs> Especially in um, 60 degrees. <laughs> but It was uh, all bent over because they had a big oh. windstorm. Oh, God. But uh, the, the, so it was colder the few days before we got there. So there was a pond, and Diesel ended up flushing a, a rooster right in front of me. And I debated whether or not to shoot it because it was going on over this pond. Well, I shot it, got it, and then Diesel, it was still alive, running on this ice. And he flew out there and grabbed it. And actually, uh, Tyler had it on camera, but ended up accidentally losing it. But it was probably one of the best retrieves um, that I've been a part of with him. It was it was phenomenal across the pond, and ice and slipping right and slide, it. slipping and sliding and trying to get to it. And it was it was it was awesome. What kind of dogs you guys have? I, I run a black lab. Matt runs a black lab as well, and then Tyler has two goldens, two golden retrievers. Okay, I've got two wire hairs and a short hair. Okay. Two vicious for me. Oh, cool. Nate, you're gonna have to come up. Uh, my buddy, my one of my best friends has got a vicious. He he, we don't see him very often up here. You're just gonna have to come up and hunt with us, and 
you yeah that'd be fun have your dogs you three can have your dogs together that'd be kind of cool 20 years ago i guided some people from is it rock falls or rock rapids what's up there rock falls rock falls i stayed it in might rock be falls. rock rapids though too i don't know yeah, geez, so you don't even ask chris he probably knows yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was gonna say I have a doctor but in Rock Rapids that I go to. Stay clear up in that in that corner. Probably, gosh, it probably was twenty years ago. I took because it was my first dog. I went up there and guided, and it, completely different hunting. We just, I mean, we found birds in road ditches and simple draws. It was so easy to hunt, so easy. No big. Oh CRP yeah, it's probably Rock like Rapids. That. It's Rock yeah. Rapids. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, Rock yeah. Valley is just to the south of there too. So no, it's Rapids. Who, kn- it's Rock who Rapids. knows? Yeah. 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 You're up you're up even farther north than I am. So where do you where do you actually live, Tim? Oh, I can't tell you that. I have to kill you. <laughs> no, I live I live right on the borders of Akron, Iowa is where I live. Yep. Yeah. I can actually from my from my house right here, I could mm, I could almost shoot across the river. Well, a lot of so I used to coach junior college football in Mason City, Iowa, and I recruited some kids from he actually went to Akron Westfield, but he lived in South Dakota. So, yep. Yep. Yeah. That's the, that's the town I live in. Yeah. That's the school district. Yep. Nate, can you give us your coon story before we should? Oh, you down? read that. I did. Yeah. yeah. You know, I thought that, that was crazy. Unique. So this was a unique experience to me for sure. Um, and I figured it'd be unique to everybody, but I, I talked to a bunch of people in Southwest Iowa and it's pretty common. So, so I went, some of you talk about hunting independently, right? You, Nick, you haven't done it a lot, right? Or, and somebody else said they went out by themselves. It, I can't remember the last time I've gone out by myself without dogs and not shot a limit of birds. I mean, it's been probably 20 years. So it's just, so I like to find things that are a little bit more difficult and new to me, new landscapes, right? Chris, you mentioned it's, it's more prairie here, but based on where you go in Iowa, like if I go Northwest up to Tim's area, right? It's just flat flat open grasses, right? But if I go west, I've got some rolling hills. If I go southwest, I've got rolling hills and nice trees. And I like the variation. So I went southwest and we were, we were struggling to find numbers of birds. Um, and Maverick, my one-year-old Vishla, had went on point in a draw, on the high side of a draw, uh, picked corn around it. And at the time, birds were sitting pretty tight. It was windy and cold kick around, nothing, nothing, nothing. Eventually a growl. I had, it was just getting over COVID. I couldn't smell anything. Didn't know if it was a skunk. I start to pull out. Right. Um, and, but Maverick is a one-year-old and he's kind of a son of a bitch at times. Um, and he persisted and pretty soon a big boar coon jumped out and the two of them just started fighting, uh, on the ground. And I go in, I'm, there's no opportunity to shoot the coon. I don't really want to shoot the coon, to be honest. Um, they're not separating. So now I go in, I start kicking on them both, and the coon grabs a hold of my leg. I couldn't believe it. About shit myself. Grabbed a hold of my leg, had both of his arms around basically my, my right kneecap, and was biting my boot. I could feel the pressure through my boot uh, on my foot. And I was like, oh my gosh, okay, this is a little bit different than anticipated. So I'm shaking that damn thing off and I could not get him off of me. Maverick comes back in, he jumps on him, grabs him by the back of the neck and rips him off my leg. They're fighting on the ground again. I'm screaming at him. 
and get them apart and the coon now is chasing the dog <laughs> and now so they're fighting again and again i separate them and i grab matt he had a he wears a vest a similar vest i pulled him and kind of threw him off and every time i pull the dog off and expose his hindquarters to the coon the coon would attack but if the dog was fronting you know maverick would have his way and he'd pin the coon down and you know he was he was having his way with the coon much, still getting bit right How what's much? the size difference between the coon and maverick just to give ah, a reference so maverick probably weighs 50 51 pounds probably okay. somewhere around there he's probably maybe drops a little bit away during season yeah. he's pretty thin right now uh but the coon you, you know memory is pretty selective and certainly biased it was a 70 pound coon right? <laughs> <laughs> couldn't so, even lift my leg it was so heavy no but a, a friend a friend reached out that he, he coon hunts he traps and everything and he's like uh it, it wouldn't be a surprise if if you can find big boar coons that are in rut which i didn't i know nothing about coons right oh. said the coon is in rut he said it could have been a 40 some pound coon but anyways so finally get him separated, pull my dog off, throw the dog, and I'm backing away. I'm now 10 to 15 yards away, and the coon actually charges me, runs at me. I have never <laughs> experienced that. He had every opportunity to go away. All threats were away from him, and he chose to run at me. And I put the gun down on him. He actually grabbed the gun barrel, Jeez. which I could not believe it. So then, you know, I- You don't I, have a choice. I shot him then. And Absolutely. I don't, I mean- <sighs> I'm, I'm pro trapping. I understand and appreciate all the benefits of all the predators, even more so, Chris, than the predators you mentioned, eagles, hawks, all those, the nest robbers, right? Coons, those that are taking eggs out of the nest yeah. are the most, most uh, prolific with decimating our population. Still, I eat what I kill. And it just, it bothered me a little bit. But at that point, Hey, nobody said you couldn't eat man. it. Yeah, nobody yeah, said you couldn't eat it. You can figure out a way to cook I've, it back. I've in. had it. I've had it barbecued. It's not like it's terrible. Have you really? Yeah, it'd no, be better okay. than that. that. It'd be better than that. Gross. It'd be better than that woodcock that Nick killed. I'll tell you that right now. Dude, yeah. no way. Yeah, it's, no it's, it's actually not that bad. It's actually not that bad. Trash, trash panda. Jesus. Oh, yeah. But the other thing, though, like you said, with that raccoon, if your dog is in water with a raccoon. They'll get, your dog, get yeah. your dog out of the water as fast yeah. as possible. Yeah. That now, coon it, will on this. Uh, that's what he's going to do. He's going to drown your dog and he yeah. will. Yeah. One-on-one, -on -one, he was having his way with the coon, but every time I tried to pull him off, then that it was great. I mean, pretty yeah, smart. Nuts. The coons are yeah. smart, right? The hind side, the hind quarters are exposed and he would go after him. Yeah. So then I'm like, well, just try to get enough separation from him. And then I, I assumed we were going to go down. I mean, gravity, we were going down the hill away his escape was to the north, completely away from us, and he chose to actually run after us. I was shocked. Absolutely. Like you shocked. said, he was like you said he was rutting and had all that testosterone going that, through his yeah, body. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. like yeah. old Nick and Tyler in college. Not in Iowa. No, poor Iowa. No. Yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah, we have him here. Um, I've had four dogs. All three of them, well, three out of the four, except for this one, have all gotten into them in some form or another. Um, and, How is and, that pulling the quills out? Um, oh, it's exciting, I bet. What do you mean, how is it? Right, <laughs> brutal. If it's 10 or 12, it's no big deal. Okay, you can get them out yourself. Somebody holds a dog, you pull them out. The, the first dog I had, he was the Lab Chesapeake mix. He went, he 
tipped the scales at like 125. And he, something about porcupines twice he got into them. The second time was significantly worse. He picked it up and shook it twice. In the roof of his mouth, his tongue, he had 200 quills in him. You know, Holy shit. oh yeah, it was, it was, it was horrible. You take him to the vet, they knock him out. They spent an hour. The vet spent an hour pulling quills. Yeah, What's the those dog's recovery? Um, oh, that guy, he had tolerance. I mean, when he picked it up and shook it the first time and then dropped it and then picked it up and shook it a second time, that gives you a sense of, of what kind of dog he was. Um, but I mean, other than the anesthesia, they, they recover pretty quick. I would find him, though, probably five, six weeks, I'd find one stuck up under his fur. I'd be yeah. All of a sudden, I'd catch my finger on one. It's like, oh, got to go get the needle nose. And he wasn't happy about that. But they do get infected over time if you don't find him and get him out. And they're That's hollow crazy. like a straw, if you've ever seen them. Mm-hmm. And the vet, he would cut a bunch and then pull the ones that he cut, cut some more, pull the ones out. But... I mean, huh, yeah, interesting. It's, it's a mess. It's it's a true mess. But yeah, there's a lot of them in Wisconsin where we go grouse hunting. There's a lot of that's them what somebody there. that's what somebody told. Yeah, similar terrain, the trees, the same kind of saplings. They they chew the bark off. Um, they actually were protected for the longest time here in Pennsylvania, and then recently they started a season. I don't know that many people really hunt them, but you're allowed to shoot. I think ten a year or something like that. They're more of a pest. They they chew on the steps of the cabin and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Wake you up at three o'clock in the in the in the morning. Yeah, we always thought the first year we went up there, we thought I thought it was a bear and it was a damn porcupine out on the deck. <laughs> so have you eaten a porcupine? porcupine. They just make a lot of noise. What's that? Have you eaten a porcupine? <laughs> no, no, I will not because no. if you watch that show alone. Oh yeah, the people that, that are up there yeah. in that show and they eat that, they get sick and they have to get out of there. I don't want no part of oh, no porcupine. Oh, okay. Yeah, they carry some <laughs> maggot or something, don't they? Or... Yeah, I don't know what they carry, but I ain't eating nothing. <laughs> I've had skunk too, and that that was how not in the good. hell do you eat skunk? It was. Have you ever been to a game potluck before? Like, yeah. When I was a kid, like a normal uh, one of like fish damn and it, this deer is and dating the hell out of me right here. But when I was a kid, the church would have a game potluck at the end of the year, and one old guy, I don't know, he had skunk laying around. He'd make it. Speaking of skunk. Barbecued. We're in yeah. South Dakota. We ran into a farmer Nuts, who uh, trapped a skunk on oh, his, yeah. and he was right across the field for hunting, and he was, like, pulling it with a stick, like, trying not to get sprayed by it. And we're like, do you want help and whatnot? So we had high-power rifles. In this case, we saw some some dogs running, some coyotes. So uh, we had Bob Lee Swagger with us. <laughs> My sister's boyfriend's got uh, got uh, Creedmoor that he hand built and a silencer on it and fucking night scope and all this shit on this damn thing. And he walks, I don't know how far he walked away. He walked like 100 yards away to shoot it and it was right in front of us. <laughs> so the farmer was very appreciative. That's how you yes, get land. Was. Yeah, we did. We he ended we up did. Yeah, let's hunt. And he ended up having a little, uh, little bowl and behind his behind his yeah. plate. Yeah. Yeah, future was... future podcast topic: What animals has Tim not eaten? No yes. kidding. I had a sage grouse that I I don't really would care to eat. I don't even know if I'd want to go back out and hunt him again because it was that it was pretty bad. Have you had a sharp tail? Oh yeah, I love sharp tail. So how do, you, do you clean it just like a pheasant? Because I clean the the sharp tail that we shot, and uh, yeah, 
I, I tried to step on his wings and then pull it up. And then it ended up, I must, either I cut something or something. It stunk so bad. I had a, I actually had to go take a shower. It stunk so bad. It leaked on me. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got into his guts or something then. Yeah. I don't know what it was. I was, just, all I do with those is I just breast them out and then take the legs. Did you notice the legs at all? Did you look at the legs? Yeah. Yeah, they're cool. Yeah. They're white and the breast meat's dark. Yep. Wow. Fly more than they run. Yeah, that's yeah, the truth. That's for sure. Yeah, speaking of the one that I shot out there, the sharp tail, I'm pretty sure I only hit it with one BB because it like glided down and landed, and I thought, oh, it's probably going to be moving or something. Well, that was dead. Yeah, like, it, it like didn't go and fall. It like just glided, and we kind of knew I hit it, and then it just. I was like, oh, still and the alive. dog didn't re- dog didn't retrieve, so it was nice no, and good condition. Yeah, the dog did retrieve it, but it didn't bring it far because we ran over there looking for it because there was mm-hmm. a lot of shooting going on. Because everybody has was so, a super soft mouth, so everybody was yeah, so excited yeah. that we ran into them because we didn't where we were at. They're not supposed to be, and so everybody many, sh- yeah. shooting to try to get one. The, how many were in the flock? How many were in the cubby? <laughs> like oh, ten to twelve at least, yeah. wasn't there? Twelve probably. Yeah. Gosh, you got close to them too. That's pretty impressive. Well, that end, year. None of us knew, like when they got up, we all kind of looked at each other, like, "Are those sharpies?" I was actually, <laughs> I was actually yelling that Hans, Hun, yeah, the way they, they, they had the white underneath the wings, but they were, they started teetering around like the how Hungarian partridge fly. So I was like, yeah. oh, they're yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're different." The second, yeah, it wasn't until the second place where we ran into them, west where we plan on going to find them where we heard them laugh where they were laughing when they actually flew and then you're like oh yeah those are those are sharpies yeah well i'd rather i'd rather go after them and then hunt pheasant late <laughs> that's what i'd rather do right it was neat it was a fun experience that's for sure yeah yeah definitely talking about predators and stuff though up here in northeast iowa we well we have bobcats but like growing up we never had bobcats around here and today at work Yesterday and today, we had to go release Bobcat out of trap. Same spot. So, I don't know if they're mating right now where the male smelt where the female was the night before or whatever, but two days in a row, Bobcat, which is unheard of around here. Huh. So, that's crazy. DNR officer says we're going to end up hopefully start at least letting guys keep. We, we have no season on them right now, so hopefully we can keep start letting trappers keep at least one a year or two a year or something that'd be pretty nice that's yeah, how we they started here there was um i think the permit was by drawing and you were only allowed one per year now i don't think you need um there's no drawing but you still need a permit and i think it's only one or two per year yeah our county plymouth county they just uh opened it this year you can you can harvest one this year just one yeah just one one per person or yeah. one per license or whatever. Yeah, south of us, they let us – Delaware County, Jackson County, you can have a bobcat, but up here you can't. So hopefully hopefully next year they let us start at least keeping one. Hmm. It'll happen. Good. Yeah, we got enough predators, that's for certain. Yeah, we do. Yeah. <clears throat> but, well, guys, we've got a little over an hour, so definitely appreciate – Everybody coming on and talking about their season, giving a rundown. Appreciate the stories. Definitely appreciate everybody showing up to these power hours. We enjoy them. Just getting everybody together to talk bird hunting and dogs and whatnot. So, again, we appreciate it. 
uh, we'll probably, I think we're going to try to do maybe once a month, uh, starting back up in the off season just to get everybody together and try to have a good time. So virtually. So, but again, thank you. Have a good night. See yep. you Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Yep. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. See you guys.